Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Did your school board switch to Microsoft products? Or are your access to Google resources restricted when working with students? Today's video is going to walk you through how to use Microsoft products with some free web resources to help you create digital resources for your digital and in-person classroom. In today's classrooms in 2022, so many of us are being asked to create resources that work for students online, in-person, and even a hybrid of both. There are already so many resources out there for using Google Drive, Docs, Slides, and Sheets, but what if you have to use Teams, PowerPoint, or OneNote? Hi, my name's Patty, and I'm a classroom teacher in Ontario, Canada. And despite leaving the world of Microsoft years ago and going all in on Google Classroom for years, even before pandemic teaching, I find myself once again working within this Microsoft ecosystem. It has its pros and cons, but in this video, we're going to go through some tips and strategies that you can use it to make it work for you simply and easily. Now, when you're planning an activity, the first step is to know where you are going and what you are doing. So I start by opening up a PowerPoint. And the first thing I'm going to do is resize the file so it fits an eight and a half by 11 sized page in landscape position. So instead of using the default sizing of a 16 by nine in landscape on PowerPoint, I am going to resize it. One of the main reasons I do this is that for whatever reason, if I have something I need to print out for students, if I'm lacking access to devices in my classroom, or I have a family that is on uh, medical leave due to COVID, then it allows me to create a printed package quickly and easily of these slides without having to redesign or redo anything to it. So create this in a landscape on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, that way that you know it is more versatile that way. Now, the next step is always to look for your curriculum. Handy hint here is now using this example, I'm going to create a few lesson slides for the grade six healthy living unit. So in order to do this, I pull up the curriculum document and I'm going to copy the expectations wording and I'm going to paste it onto a different slide within the PowerPoint presentation. Just very basic. Eventually I will move this out of the way, but why I'm doing this is I want to keep focused on what activities I'm creating and what goes on each slide. So it really helps me very, in a rudimentary way, lesson plan and unit plan by copying these and making sure I have everything covered and it's going on each different slide. This helps me organize my ideas better. Now, a blank page on PowerPoint is pretty boring, so I do want to create a fun background. So I'm going to head on over to Canva and use their presentation format that they already have, or I can create my own. Really, what I need is just an eight and a half by 11 background image that I can download to use as a background on my PowerPoint. So I've decided that I wanna create a look of a binder. So I start with a white wood background. One, I like the texture on the digital screen of the white wood background. And also, if it is printed, it's not gonna be a huge drain on ink, and it's not going to take away at all from anything in the printed version. In fact, it probably won't even show up in the first place. Next is I'm going to head on over to TPT and find some binder ring clip art for free, something that I can insert into Canva. Once it's in Canva, I can add it onto the page here, duplicate and resize as necessary and crop them until they're the right size and look that I'm going for. 
Next, I simply just add two rectangles to act as what would be the pages of my notebook lying flat on the whitewood background and color them so that they stand out against the whitewood background, but again, if printed, are still usable because they're light enough. In this case, I've used a light yellow tinge. I could also use a light gray as well. My next step is once I have all of the backgrounds printed, so I have a two-page notebook, a single-page notebook that will act as the front of the cover, which will have the single page on the right with instructions on the left, and I also have a back of the notebook page where I have a single page on the left, and a blank whitewood background on the right. So three different backgrounds, download them all. Now I need to insert these in my PowerPoint as slide backgrounds. Now, sometimes I can never remember where all of the features in PowerPoint are. So I'm simply gonna use the help feature and write slide background so that it just tells me where I need to be. Once I have the right box here on the side that allows me to change the slide background, it's a fill background, so I'm just going to fill with a picture, and I'm just going to add that as a background, and then I can resize the text to fit on the notebook page as needed. Now, it does have an apply all background feature, so you can insert the same image once. So if I want to use the double-sided notebook on the background on multiple pages, I can simply insert that same double notebook background onto the page, and then bottom click the apply all. It applies it to every single one of the slides that I've created. And then I can go back to the cover page and insert the cover page image that I downloaded from Canva. And while we're at it, why not zhuzh it up a little bit by using some interesting fonts. For all of the fonts that are by Kimberly Geswin, you can find all of her fonts free for personal use. So providing you're just making it for your classroom, that's all personal use. You can download all of those fancy TPT looking fonts straight from Teachers Pay Teachers in the first place without having to pay a cent. So go ahead and check out TPT for some of their fancy free fonts and go ahead and use those. Download them to your computer so that you're not using the same boring fonts all the time that just come standard with your computer. Now I'm also going to try to make sure that the notebook here looks like a notebook. So I'm going to add a little name section. I do find this handy especially if you are somehow marking this and you're not sure the name. It's always handy that even digitally you get your students to still put their name actually on their work instead of them just relying on renaming their file with their name or figuring out which section it is in, especially when you're looking at a whole bunch of them all at once. So I still highly recommend still putting a name section for students to complete. So I'm adding that here to the first page of my digital health notebook. Once again, I am trying to pay attention to the idea that this could be printed as well. So any of the color choices I'm making are going to be light and work well as a printed image on a page. Now, when using this digital page format, I like to treat the left-hand side of the page sort of as teacher instructions or the digital lesson format. So if there's any instructions or background information I want to give to the students, any videos that they need to watch, I like to keep those on the left-hand side of the slide. And then on the right-hand side is where they would find the activity or the area that they would need to be writing in. So I find when I make that consistent, when I have the left-hand side of the page be instructional materials and the right-hand side of the page be student work activities to do, then that format becomes familiar for students to remember and be able to use. 
Now to save some time with formatting, I will often use the duplicate page option by putting a title, a subtitle, and these boxes again as placeholders. Now knowing that this is either going to be shared as in a OneNote file as a PDF, or it can be shared as a PowerPoint, or it can be printed, I do wanna use these blue boxes as placeholders on the page so that after, once I've assigned it in OneNote, I can add in the live links. One of the downsides here is that when I save it as a PDF, sometimes those links don't transfer when you're inserting into OneNote. So I don't include those in this version. I will add them in after. Now, when it comes to formatting, there are a few rules that I follow. Number one, I try to use at least three fonts. Try not to use more than five on a page, but I do try to stick to three. I want to kind of be able to draw students' attention to different words or different sections of the page. And that's easily accomplished through the use of different fonts and different weights of fonts. So I will use the text my students write in is going to be a different color than the text my subtitles and titles are in. So for this first section, we did lessons for D1.1, which are benefits of inclusion, respect, and acceptance. So I ended up using three different slides, one for respect, one for inclusion, and one for acceptance. Now, once you have the placeholder boxes in place on your page, you can still find the YouTube videos. So I want to find specific videos made for kids about inclusion for this first page. So I'm gonna to go to YouTube, I'm going to find some appropriate videos that my students can watch and learn more about what the word inclusion means. Then I will be adding those back into my PowerPoint through both a link and a QR code. At this point, I am not going to embed the video right into my PowerPoint other than putting the link in the QR code. This is something that I'm going to end up changing after it's in the student facing section. So this is the teacher planning section. When I've assigned it to students in OneNote, then I will include the live links, but that won't happen quite yet. I will use the written link so that if somebody wanted to type that out to find the exact one, I can do that. But I'm also going to insert the QR code. Now I have a Chrome extension. I still really like using Chrome as my browser, but I have a Chrome extension that will automatically make a QR code for whatever web page I happen to be on. The extension is called the QR code generator and I use it all the time, whether I'm teaching digitally or in person. When I'm in person, I will actually be on a web page, and if I want my students to link to it, I just click the QR code generator. It pops down a QR code, and my students can take a picture of it with the iPad live and in person. For this purpose, because this could be a printable, I do want to include the QR code. Once I put it into OneNote, I can then cover up the QR code with the actual YouTube embed link where they can see the video playing right inside of the OneNote presentation and OneNote file. But in this case, I'm planning for both students being able to use this digitally and in print, live and in person, at home, in all of the different hybrid versions that we might have. So I am copying the link and copying the QR code to put it there, and I will add in the actual live video after it's been assigned to students. So I'm going to show you two ways that I end up sharing this with students. I know this is not done, but I'm going to share what I have and show you how that process works. So there are two ways that I would share this with students is one during using Microsoft OneNote. We have been using OneNote in my class. It's a Microsoft product. It works really well, whether you are in person or learning online. So I use Microsoft OneNote 
to be able to share this with students. In order to do this, I am going to export the PowerPoint that I created as a PDF and save that in my documents. The other format you're going to be able to do is to share it as a PDF with your students with a hot link inside of your MS Teams. So if you're using MS Teams as your video chat and you have a team that you can share, you can put it in there. You can also share this link in any of the other LMS activities that you're using. So to share it in OneNote, you're going to go into your OneNote folder. I would recommend you have something in your teacher only file and you are going to insert that PDF as a printout. This is going to take every page of that PDF, so every slide that you had in your PowerPoint, and it's gonna save it automatically in OneNote as an image. Then you can either separate all of those pages out into how you'd like students to assign them, or you can have it all in one file, and your students can just complete page after page of the assigned activity. Once the pages are laid out in OneNote the way you want them and you're ready to assign them to your students, you're going to go into the class notebook feature that hopefully is set up with your school board and all of your student user accounts, and you're going to distribute the page to students, which means they will each get their own copy of your master template file. Make sure before you do that that you set every image as a background on your master file before you distribute it. Set all of those slide images as backgrounds on your Microsoft OneNote. This is going to make it so much easier for your students simply just to type right over top of it. This also gives you the opportunity to copy in the actual link to the YouTube in Microsoft OneNote. When you copy it in, it will often overlay the actual video so that students could watch it in place so they can watch the YouTube video without actually having to link out of your Microsoft OneNote, which is really handy, but it can only be done once you get into OneNote. So make sure you take and just overlay it on top of that QR code. And again, if your students wanted to move that video off to the side, they could still have the clickable link as well as the QR code if they needed to use it that way. Now, the second way that you can share the work with students is if you want to share it as a PowerPoint. In the top right-hand corner of your PowerPoint, there should be a share button. When you are signed into your OneDrive, which is Microsoft's cloud sharing service, it will allow you to generate a link. You can generate a link for view only and generate a link of view with the ability to edit. I would recommend sharing this with students. It is a view only copy. So you can share the link with students and I will show you how you can share the link in, a, in part of the top tab so that it's easier for students to do. And you can also share this as an assignment for students to complete by sharing the PowerPoint version with them. But you're gonna share it so that they can view it and then when students have access to that and it pulls it up, it also means that your students can download it and essentially save their own copy so they're not all editing the same file. Alternatively, another strategy is to use the Assignments tab inside of your Microsoft Teams and create assignments for your students to complete. You can attach a PowerPoint file right there within your assignments inside your MS Teams, and students can complete that. If you don't have the Assignments feature in MS Teams and instead you're using D2L as your LMS, you can share the PowerPoint with your students right in there, which would allow them to create their own PowerPoint 
and have it so they can type on top of. So you can, once you have this PowerPoint link, you can share the PowerPoint with your students and they can create their own version of that as well. Now, because of the way this notebook is designed, I can easily print it, I can share it, and I can use it in a whole lot of different ways with my students, whether I am in person, whether I am providing work packages for my students, or they're working digitally, I can use all of the same page in order to have my students complete the work. And it's going to save me a heck of a lot of time doing things multiple times and in multiple ways. I will say the sharing capabilities of Microsoft Files is not as easy as Google Files, where you can do a forced copy link, which forces everyone to make their own copy, which is a really handy feature in Google Drive that I have yet to find an easy solution for teachers to be able to share copies with students where they can make their own version of it. This is not as easy as that, but we can still make it work. In fact, even my in-class students are going to get most of their assignments through Microsoft OneNote anyways. So it just means I can do it once and use it in multiple different ways. So I hope that's giving you some ideas about how you can create digital resources in a Microsoft environment that allows you to teach your students, whether they are digital, in-person, or anything in between. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. <laughs>